Welcome to another episode of Teacher Stories. This is your host, Ken Federnick, and I have two guests today. Mike Barnard is a studio production manager in Chicago, a former student at Second City, the famous SNL improv-based sketch comedy and education theater. He's also a film director. Mike, welcome to Teacher Stories. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. My second guest is Jim Lund. Uh, Mr. Lund was Mike's high school drama teacher and also his physics teacher. And that's a curious combination of courses for a high school teacher, and maybe later we'll explore a bit about that with, with uh, you, Jim. But Jim, welcome to Teacher Stories. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Mike, tell us a little bit about what you do now in Chicago. Uh, yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm a studio production manager, which basically means that I um, run the day-to-day -day operations at a television studio. I guess the best description is that it's like broadcast services. So we basically facilitate uh, when uh, mostly cable news outlets need studio space for correspondence or guests so that they can tell a remote over you know fiber video and things like that so anderson cooper at cnn can interview somebody from chicago when there's something newsworthy to discuss i mentioned that you're also a film director and you directed a film recently that uh, won some awards at some film festivals what what was the uh, film called and what's it what was it about uh, yeah, that's right. So the film is called uh, Thank You Five. It's a film that I uh, co-wrote and directed and produced with uh, my friend uh, Reed Estreicher, and we self-financed it. And it's about a group of um, semi-professional actors in Chicago who are trying to mount a play, and it kind of follows their path throughout the rehearsal process and into the performance and kind of charts the inner uh, personal relationships amongst all the folks that are participating in the play and, and kind of all the problems that arise uh, as they try to collaborate in an artistic way. Yeah, well, congratulations on, uh, on all the acclaim that it's uh, been getting, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing it myself, and maybe Teacher Story listeners will be able to uh, find and find it on the internet and be able to stream it at, at, at some point. I'm, I'm guessing that you were able to draw from some of your own experiences being uh, in drama yourself in high school. Is, did that help with your making yeah. the film? <laughs> yes, but not under Jim. <laughs> I only have good stories from work with Jim. So the stories that we drew upon were mostly from failures from other productions that I was involved in, um, both uh, when I was younger doing uh, community theater and then other experiences since then when I was in Chicago. And and they also came from my collaborator, Reed, as well. We both kind of drew upon a lot of uh, other past uh, embarrassments or other uh, odd situations that we encountered in the theater world. Sounds really interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, Mike, I'm going to ask you about Mr. Lund and the impact he had on your life. But uh, first, take us back when you were a young adolescent and describe what it was like transitioning to a new high school where Mr. Lund was a teacher. What was what was that like before you even met uh, Mr. Lund? So, yeah, as I mentioned, I started doing plays when I was about, uh, I guess I was in the sixth grade for this company called the Chaska Valley Family Theater Company, uh, Chaska, Minnesota being the place where I grew up. 
I started doing plays there. I think the first play I was ever in was Oliver, where I was just kind of like one of a sea of orphans uh, in that in that play. And I kept coming back to that theater company. And then um, I think I actually met Jim sort of when we were in one of those together. He was in a production of Lil Abner, and so was I. He had a speaking role. I was, again, just like one of many faces in a crowd of just like cartoonish hillbillies <laughs> and um and so i knew he was the high school teacher uh but i didn't know him personally because um i went to a private school from first through ninth grade so it was my first time you know in a public school i only knew maybe five to ten people in the entire school I, my class alone i think was like 500 uh obviously i think I would have been about 15 years old and uh, I was in a new environment and um, yeah, I just didn't know anyone. And my parents, you know, since I had done plays before, they were encouraging me like, well, if you want to meet you know, more people, why don't you get involved in activities? And since you've done plays before, you should try to go out for the fall musical which was into the woods my first year at Chaska high school. So even though I knew Jim, it was my first time auditioning for him and it didn't go well. And uh, there, I think there are a lot of reasons that kind of led to that result. There were all the factors that I mentioned before of feeling anxious and feeling not comfortable in my own skin. And I think also there was a lot of fear, um, fear of both, failing and succeeding because, you know, obviously I didn't want to, I didn't show up to the audition to embarrass myself. Um, but at the same time, there was almost as much fear of actually getting in the show because it meant that I would be again in a new group of people um, and kind of trying to find my footing in that social environment and whatever hierarchy that involved. Um, and I did spend a lot of my youth as a shy person, um, I was kind of a clown at home, which I think is why my parents tried to push me into theater in the first place, because they were trying to like bring, I think, something out of me and get me involved in more activities, uh, because I was more reserved uh, when I was younger. So that audition that first time with Jim for In the Woods, it carried kind of a lot of baggage uh, at the time. I think not getting in the show ultimately was the proper result. Because first of all, it, it, like it wasn't a good audition. It, it was uh, kind of just a failure. Um, but um, there was something about it that I thought, well, okay, so I'm going to try this again. And um, so then in the spring, Jim was doing You Can't Take It With You. And, um, and that time I really put a lot of, more thought and care into what I was going to do. And I think I went into it with a much better headspace. Jim, let me just ask a quick question. Were you, was Mike on your radar at that point when he, you know, came in and auditioned for that uh, Into the Woods and didn't make it? And did were you aware of him at that point? I, I do remember his audition. Um, it it kind of stands out. I don't, there's a, the number of auditioners that I don't remember is huge. Uh, but Mike, 
Mike kind of, no offense, Mike, but you kind of crashed and burned in an epic manner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I remember um, that uh, uh, our choreographer um, actually asked you to repeat, um, like, like to start over like three or four times. And um, you had such a hard time just, you know, lifting up your head and, and, and looking up, um, uh, uh, it was, it was kind of painful to watch. And, and I was, I was a little, I, I think I must've been a little surprised when you came back because the first time looked like it hurt so much, but you came back the second time around and, uh, and like you said, it was a different deal. Let me have you pause for just a minute. Cause I want to, uh, explore a bit about how, your life really evolved as a as a person, Mike, and as an actor, and and how Mr. Lund uh, played a role in that. But um, Jim, would you just uh, for our listeners and for me tell us a little bit about you? I know you're you're about to retire as a as a teacher, but just talk a little bit about um, your feelings about having been a teacher and and what you have tried to do as a teacher, uh, throughout your career? Okay. Um, well, I, um, uh, uh, I've been teaching physics, um, and, uh, directing plays since about 1997. Um, and I, I just really like both of them. Um, the, 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 the teaching, uh, and the, and the directing, they kind of go hand in hand for me. I, um, I'm going to miss both of them. I'm, I'm retiring in what, three days now. And, uh, uh, I still haven't quite wrapped my head around it. I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, uh, uh, it's a, it's a big blank out there. I don't know what, I don't know what comes next. Jim, about uh, physics and drama, those seem like, uh, <laughs> an odd pair of courses to be teaching, but, um, but it's also kind of intriguing to me. Um, were your teaching strategies similar in both of those environments, or did you feel like you had to approach one very differently than the other? Oh boy, interesting. Um, there's a lot of similarity. I mean, if you saw me in the classroom, you'd say, "Oh, there's there's somebody who uh, uh, is on stage a lot." <laughs> Um, uh, I, I, I tend to get a little animated. Um, uh, I, I think that, that they share, um, uh, that, that each of them are about learning, uh, and, and growing through, um, increasing responsibility in a play, um, you're going to cast somebody for, for a part or whatever. And you give them what they can handle. That that classic thing about the the biggest growth you can get is when something is just outside your reach. You can just quite not grab it right now. You have to grow a little more. And it's really the same in the physics classroom. You you have to start people out, and then and then you keep feeding them things that are just a little bit outside their intellectual comfort zone um and trying to trying to help them grow toward that but the uh other people always you know say what a weird set of things to be doing but to me um they also for for me personally they've been very refreshing 
to be able to go back and forth from one to the other. And I've also met such a great um, uh, bunch of kids. Well, Mike, obviously you spent a lot more time with Mr. Lund, both in physics and in drama, but what was it like having him as a teacher? What, and, um, what was it that he did? What was it about him as a person and a teacher that made such a big difference in your life? Well, let's see. Well, I think I only had uh, Jim for physics uh, for one course. Um, so my memories of Jim more in a, as a theater director uh, stand out far more. But I know as a physics teacher, I think a lot of what he talked about like rang true is that um, Jim is a very um, demonstrative teacher. He, uh, he um, holds the attention and focus and uses that theatrical background, I think, to make things engaging. But then also he uses a lot of demonstrations uh, and activities to, uh, to engage students uh, in his physics courses. So that, uh, that stands out. But um, I think having Jim as a teacher when we were doing plays, um, I think the thing that stands out the most is that, um, you know, as young adults and you're trying to figure out a lot of things and things about yourself and you decide to dedicate yourself to this one particular thing, be it a play or be it some, some anything else that you decide to spend your time doing. Um, it helps when people take you seriously and they give you validation and not and not in the like false validation in which you know they, it's just kind of a ceremonial kind of pat on the back it's more like feeling as though your ideas are valid feeling as though you are figuring things out and you are accomplishing things and you are meeting uh goals and expectations and and feel as though you are performing at your best um and not just performing as in you know, uh, saying your lines, but, um, I think, uh, the environment that I recall under Jim was, uh, a collaborative one. And, um, we felt as though Jim took our efforts seriously and treated us like artists who were trying to create good art, which I think that's all people in the arts want to do. They just want to make good stuff, you know, and they want to entertain people and they, they want uh, to create a good show, but um, I think being a high school student with Jim was far more unique because like my memories of just the process, the rehearsal process, those are just as valuable to me as being able to get feedback from, you know, uh, the audience, you know, and um, from all the parents and teachers who came out to support and things like that. Was there a, a rehearsal that you recall that was particularly memorable or poignant, uh, something he said or something that happened? So one play we did was Noises Off when I was a junior. And I remember the set, which was kind of a big part of the show, was this big elaborate two-story set that was supposed to rotate frontwards and backwards. It was the first day where it was kind of somewhat built. And I remember we were like there on a Saturday and uh, there's a huge act in that show that's like mostly through pantomime. It's very physical. 
And I remember running that and running that and running that and running that over and over. And over. It was so exhausting because everything was so highly choreographed. You know, we're just sweating at the end of this rehearsal. But um, along the way, there were just so many funny, just like laughing at, you know, things that people are doing. So like things like that kind of stand out. Jim, do you remember that oh, like, particular? Oh, that that show, that that entire thing, that uh, um, I, I've often said that I don't think I could have done that in any other year. Uh, there, there was such a such a group of talented students uh, uh, right there, and and they were this uh, this play just like taxes you. It just it, it's a physical, like Mike was saying, it's a physical hardship, and and you're running through the doors, you're running up and down the stairs. Mike's actually just falling down the stairs head first, and uh, 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 and and there you know there there's axes and fish flying everywhere it's the weirdest thing but um but i remember i remember that um uh those moments of getting ready there and 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 it was always just right on the edge are we gonna get there are we gonna make it and um uh there was uh uh, I, I had my moment where I kind of went, oh, geez, I don't know if we're going to really get to where I thought we were going to go. And then I was reprimanded by the cast. They said, Lund, you can't say stuff like that. You know, that, that, that's that's not what we do around here. So so that was great. Um, yeah, that was a that was a that was a, uh, a hugely difficult piece of work for these uh, for these young young actors to do, and they and they were they were splendid. They were amazing. So Jim, you you saw Mike when he came in and had that uh, less than perfect audition, yeah. uh, and then you saw him all the way through. I, I guess until he graduated. Um, what what sort of growth did you see in him? And and now as a as a you know a successful adult out making movies, but what, what's your observation of Mike and, and how he evolved into the person he is today? It's, it, it really is amazing how that, how that can happen. Oh, at that, at that age, um, so many things are happening and, um, you know, uh, uh, the experiences that you have in these plays and, and stuff can be, can be really um, uh, kind of seminal in all of that and in developing yourself, but everyone's developing at that point. Uh, Mike, um, when I'm thinking of him as a freshman and then I think about, you know, uh, uh, his, his rather small role and you can't take it with you. Um, uh, uh, one of the servants, at that point, you're starting to get glimmers. You're starting to get ideas that, hey, there's there's more cooking on underneath uh, underneath the surface of this kid. He's uh, he's he's got a kind of a sly wit there. You got to watch out for and and then um, and then uh, Mike was the was the next year was that Once Upon a Mattress? Yeah, yeah, the following fall. Okay, so, so in the fall, with you. yeah, in the fall, he's in Once Upon a Mattress. He's He's Prince. Uh, uh, what was his name? Dauntless. Prince Dauntless. Dauntless yeah. yeah, he's mm-hmm. got. He's got a. He's got this. You know, solo song. He's got to do. And oh God, that one was a. That one was a was a a, 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 a physical uh, challenge too. 
that was a big mistake because that was the that was the one. Once upon a mattress is when I showed you that I could throw my body on the floor without hurting myself, and then you took advantage of that for a few more years. Oh God, yeah. He Mike Mike always had this. He he was like he was like the Energizer Bunny man. You you could knock him down, he'd get right back up. Um, uh, I shamelessly took advantage of that. Um, <laughs> so the idea that that he could come in as a sophomore and be a total wreck in his first audition. And by, by the time he's a senior, um, he and a couple other kids are basically running the place. You know, they, they, uh, uh, they've taken over. They, they have grown, they've, they've changed from participants in the system to, uh, the, to, to actually steering the way things go. So Mike, let me, let me ask you this. Um, uh, you had this incredible journey from being a sophomore through a senior and becoming successful in in drama and then successful afterwards. What, if you could just sort of distill down what it is that you got from Mr. Lund, um, what would that be? What, what, what did he give you? What did you leave school with that you might not have left with had you not had him as your teacher? I think the thing that really helped that transition begin was finding that social group. I mean, one thing that people talk about a lot in the arts when you're trying to create things, they always, they always talk about trying to find your tribe. And when you find a group of people who you relate to and you all have the same passions uh, and you just kind of gel in a particular way, it, it, really, it really gives you a lot of confidence to be more free with yourself, which you know, then goes back into your performances when you feel uninhibited, when you feel as though you're safe to explore and to try things and, and to be silly when you have to, or, you know, to put yourself in vulnerable places. So I think, um, all those experiences that I had, I think, again, it kind of comes down to a confidence thing. Um, feeling as though my ideas do have merit, that I am a creative person, that I, um, am able to, do the things that I set out to do that I, I am not, you know, feeling as though I'm not fooling myself thinking like, Oh, well, you're not, you're not good enough or smart enough to be able to, to make it, um, you know, to find other people who will kind of accept your ideas, um, feeling just confident enough to keep pushing forward to kind of, um, reach those revelations of, of, of my potential. It was just, it was mostly just a confidence thing because I think you do have to have a certain sense of uh, arrogance and delusion to keep <laughs> moving forward. And uh, Jim gave me just enough of that to be dangerous. You know, teachers have uh, really important influences. Sometimes we don't even remember them, but I was sharing uh, my teacher stories podcast with some friends of mine. And uh, one of my friends said, Oh yeah, I remember back I was in, fifth grade, and my teachers uh, required all of us to come up and sing uh, 
prior to a play we were going to do. And, and I said, I don't want to do that. She says, you have to do it. And so he got up there and he said, I, I got about five words out. And she said, stop, says, you really can't sing. <laughs> and um, he said, for many, many years later, he would never sing in front of anyone because she made him feel so bad. And I'm sure it was inadvertent, um, but just as powerfully as, you know, Jim, you, your support and the confidence that you instilled and the difference that made for my uh, inadvertent comment and laughing, uh, not necessarily at someone's expense, uh, can have a really profound effect on someone's confidence at 10 years old to the point where this particular person, a friend of mine said he never wanted to sing in front of anyone ever again. So it's just a reminder that um, teachers are powerful people. And, uh, and mostly I think they, they do really important, significant things like in the case uh, for you, Mike, um, let me just uh, want to uh, wrap up here uh, pretty quickly, but Jim, you want to share any final thoughts with, um, with Mike before we sign off? Well, it, um, this whole experience of uh, uh, getting back together with you, Mike, and uh, um, seeing your movie. I mean, it, it, Mike's movie is, is basically a, 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 a sort of a twisted love letter to, uh, uh, to, to all things stage. And, and it's, I, I, I was just so, this is a big wrap up for me too. And it was so moving to watch through that and go through because you do you it's like it's like the stages of death in there. It's like you go through this uh, unbelief and uh, and 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 um, uh, and and denial and all of the other things because you're watching this 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 visceral horror spectacle playing out in front of you, and at the same time you're getting wrapped up in it. And so when, when it comes to its uh, con uh, conclusion and, and you have this, this moment in the bar, you're all sort of sitting and dissecting it. And I thought, wow, that's, that's kind of like, that's kind of like my life. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all of the, uh, all of those, uh, how many, how many shows, and I'm not, I'm not like any theater professional or anything. I, I just dabble. I'm, you know, I'm some high school teacher from Chanhassen, Minnesota. I, I, and yet it's been hundreds. It's got to be over at least over a hundred plays, maybe uh, who knows how many. And every one of them has been everything to me at the time. Mm. And, um, and you captured that so well, and 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 the whole thing. He Mike has this whole thing at the. In, 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 Mike's in the movie too. Uh, uh, he he's talking about essentially why do we do this, and and it's not something you can wrap up in just a couple of words because you just keep coming back. Anyway. This has been uh, 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 a great experience for me, and and um, the 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 thing that you said that was so moving for me as well was the idea that you felt like you were treated like a 
creator, a, um, an artist instead of, uh, you know, uh, something that, that I could push around on the stage. That's what I always wanted. Um, I always wanted people in my plays and people in my classes to feel like they had that sort of um, ability to move themselves forward. Um, I never wanted to be one of those directors whose fingerprints was all over the thing. Uh, but so that was, that was, that was really important to me, Michael. Thank you. Uh, I mean, of course, I, I'm not, I'm not alone in that. I think, uh, I think, I think if you were to ask anybody who came up under Jim and, and did plays while he was there, I think they would feel the same way that it wasn't a dictatorial thing where he was, you know, the, the puppet master. Um, I think, uh, I think a lot of people felt empowered to, um, do things their way and make their own discoveries. And I think that, always leads to the best art is uh, Jim does have a way to uh, explain to you what he wants in a way that you have moments of, of true discovery. And uh, those are much more powerful than just kind of being told what to do and how to feel, you know, in this scene, you're angry. So raise your voice and frown. It's like, no, he, Jim would talk to you and say like, you know, those times where you're feeling like this, where you're, where you're just so frustrated because it's been days and days. And, and so you're not just being told to act angry. You're being, it's, you're having those moments of discovery of like, Oh, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's motivating me to act this way. You know, I, so I don't think it's just me. I think a lot of people would agree uh, uh, that that was the, the methodology and that was the experience that most people walked away with uh, doing plays at Chanhassen and at Chaska high school. Mike, I want to thank you for sharing this with our teacher story listeners. And Jim Lund, I, I just on behalf of, uh, I'm a lifelong educator and I, you know, for here's one person who has these experiences, but I, I have to believe there are countless others who you may not hear from, but you have to know that you and, and other uh, thoughtful, caring teachers like yourself uh, have an impact on people's lives and uh, your fingerprints are on their lives. Uh, and and Mike is just one example. And, and that's really why I, I decided to create teacher stories because I wanted those stories to be told. And, and I want to thank you both for, for, for sharing uh, your stories. Um, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, I hope you teacher story listeners will share it with your friends and colleagues. And if you have a, teacher story of your own that you'd like to share, you can always submit it on our website, teacherstories.org. That's it for today. Be well, everyone. <laughs>